0: Today's reading of God's laws from Proverbs 29, verse 11. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Please be seated. Our reading of God's law this morning is not difficult to interpret or understand. It's telling us not to be hotheads. It's telling us not to fly off the handle when life becomes disagreeable. It's telling us not to express every emotion we're experiencing. A fool vents all his feelings, Solomon writes. Nobody needs to wonder what the fool is experiencing on the inside, because he makes it known on the outside. You can see it on his face. You can discern it in his attitude and behavior. And most explicitly, you can hear it in his words. The fool allows everything that's going on in his heart and in, in his soul to come out through verbal and nonverbal forms of communication. And in doing so, he makes everyone in his life ride the roller coaster of his emotions. Um, uh, everyone around him is forced to experience the ups and downs of the fool's life. Why? Because he pollutes his environment with uncontrolled expressions of his emotions. He vents all his feelings. The wise man, Solomon goes on to to write, uh, restrains himself from such expressions. This is because the wise man is self-controlled. He thinks before he speaks. His attitude is in submission to righteousness. And he considers how his behavior will affect the other people in his life before he acts upon his impulses. The secular voices in our world tell us that it's good to vent our emotions. It's good, we're told, to vent our emotions. Pop psychology, for example, says that you can't keep your emotions pent up inside of you. If you do, then you'll become like a volcano that keeps building up pressure and, and more pressure, and that pressure will eventually become so great that, that you'll erupt, you'll explode like a volcano. And so to prevent such eruptions, the secular voices tell us that we need to vent our feelings in ways that don't harm other people. So we have to be discreet about how we vent, but nevertheless, we have to vent all of our feelings. Scream into a pillow instead of screaming at your husband, take your aggressions out on the punching bag instead of your brother, write a hateful letter to your parents, but then don't send it. Throw darts at a picture of your ex-girlfriend or paint a picture that displays the emotions that are troubling you at the time. These are the suggestions from the wisdom of the world. Uh, And along with similar suggestions, these are the techniques that the world gives to us for dealing with anger, frustration, and the disappointments of life. And it's often the case um, that the world's wisdom seems to have some element of truth to it, just enough truth that we as Christians hear. The, the the wisdom of the world, we hear the secular voices and what they tell us to do, and, and and it it seems like there's an element of truth to that, just enough that we can embrace it. And yet when these secular voices tell us that we can't keep all our emotions pent up inside, because that sounds reasonable to us, we go along with the we, we sometimes go along with the the suggestions or the the advice that, is, that, that follows. Yes, it's true, uh, we tell ourselves. I've experienced the negative consequences of suppressing my emotions, so I, I need to find healthy ways of venting those emotions so that I don't erupt like a volcano. And then we find ourselves splashing black paint onto a canvas or filling a shoebox with hateful letters that are never meant to be sent. The biblical solution to dealing with difficult emotions is to bring them to the Lord through the process of lamentation. Most Americans are not familiar with lament, but a couple of helpful books have recently been written on this topic. And those books are helping the American church rediscover this righteous way of expressing our sorrows and anger uh, to the Lord. One of those books, is a book which is called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercies by Mark Vrogop. And the subtitle of this book is Discovering the Grace of Lament. Now, in the beginning of this book, Vrogop defines lament as a prayer in pain that leads to trust. A prayer in pain, in other words, motivated by pain, that leads to to trust, And then he goes on to show how lament is a common theme in the Psalms. Um, over and over again, the Psalms are prayers and pain that lead to trust in God. And then in the second and third parts of the book, Vrogop takes a reader through the book of Lamentations and applies the things that, that he discovered in the Psalms. It's an excellent book. I recommend it to, to all of you. I know some of you have already read it. If you haven't, I, I strongly recommend that you read this book. But what, what Rogop does so effectively in this book is show how all the biblical, um, that, how biblical lament has four different components to it. All the, all the um, examples that we see, all the expressions of lament that we find in the scriptures have four components to them. They begin with an address to God. Acknowledging that it's to God that we are bringing ourselves. And then uh, the second component is to bring a complaint to God. A complaint is made not of God, but to God. And it's important to understand that the complaint uh, of the lament is not to be understood as grumbling against God or criticizing God. Or even grumbling against the world and criticizing the world. It's, it's not that kind of complaining that, that, is being, that is part of a lament. Complaint in this context is being used uh, in the way that we use the word in our legal system. Uh, if, you, if you file a lawsuit, a part of your lawsuit has a complaint in it. And that is the, the pleading that starts the case. It identifies the fault or wrongdoing that needs to be addressed. So when we bring a complaint to the Lord through the process of lament, we're pleading our case to the Lord. We might be pleading because of some injustice that's been committed, or some difficulty that we are dealing with personally, or some sorrow or physical suffering that we're experiencing or anything else that is causing us grief. That is the complaint that we bring to God. And then the third component of lament is the request. We request the Lord to to do something on behalf uh, because of this complaint. The request might be for the Lord to remove whatever the complaint is about, such as when Jesus uh, asked whether the cup that he was about to drink might be removed. Or the request might be that the, for the Lord's sustaining grace so that we can persevere through the trial of the complaint, such as when the first century Christians prayed for boldness so that they could continue preaching the word even while being persecuted uh, for having preached the word. And the fourth and final component of a la- biblical lament is an expression of trust in God or praise of God knowing that His grace is sufficient for us in all things at all times. This form of lament, brothers and sisters, is how the Lord would have us deal with our difficult and challenging emotions. We bring them to the Lord through lamentation. Lamentation that trusts the Lord and praises Him even in the midst of trials and tribulations. And what our reading of God's law is showing us this morning is the sinfulness of venting your frustrations. Whether you're venting to other people or venting on a punching bag or venting into a pillow, venting is not the righteous response to life's challenges. Lamenting is a righteous response. Address God. Plead your complaint to God. Make your requests known to God. And then trust that God will graciously give you everything that you stand in need of. That, brothers and sisters, is a response of faith. Venting is not a response of faith. Venting is a response that pulls back into human wisdom, looks back to human resources, and in many ways is a a passive-aggressive way of dealing with life's problems, a a way that really comes back and resolves that either either I need to muster up the strength to get through this issue myself, or I need to avoid this issue and hope it goes away. Whereas lament drives us to the cross of Jesus Christ. It drives us to our Heavenly Father through through Jesus Christ in order that He might sustain us and that He might resolve the the issue underhand in his own uh, wise and benevolent ways. So brothers and sisters, if the Holy Spirit has burdened your heart with an awareness of your sin this morning, um, whether that's the sin of venting, the sin of not going to Christ, not going to your Heavenly Father with the challenges that uh, you're facing, or if it's any other sin that God has burdened your heart with, remember, that God pardons and forgives all who truly repent while trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. And because uh, repentance includes confession, we confess our sins to the Lord.